Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. All right, uh, welcome to uh, uh, Spears and Steinberg podcast. You can find us under Spearberg on, uh, on Spearberg.com. We're also uh, iTunes. iTunes under uh, Spears and Steinberg. Yep. And uh, we're going to be trying to get this out every week, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. We haven't come to a conclusion yet, but uh, let's well, most likely we, just, we should just nail that now. Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Let's call it Wednesday because we can get Wednesday. All right, Wednesday. And uh, so that's kind of that's kind of our goal. If you caught the last episode, that was a that was a test run. Wanted to see what we could do, uh, talking to each other. Yeah, I was I was thinking I was going to hopefully get some feedback via email, but uh, that's how that's how young in the game I guess we are because I didn't get an email. You didn't get anything? Not a damn thing. Well, it it just came out. We didn't really do any promotion for it either. We just I talked it. about it a little bit on uh, Twitter. I tweeted about it, and then here in Baltimore. A week later, uh, or two weeks later, uh, promoted it all over the radio. So, all right, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll start. I'll have to, we'll start promoting more. Uh, yeah, it was kind of uh, it was kind of impromptu. We weren't like really planning on doing. I mean, we were planned on doing it, but kind of quickly. It just kind of came together. Yep. What do you think of my artist that did our logo? I loved it, man. I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was dope. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, get it. Good animation. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. It had. Yeah. I told her I wanted kind of a. Uh, the Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Kinda. Yeah, you had to slim me down a little bit. You had me a little bit more uh, rotust, the, if that's a word. Everybody's saying that I'm too skinny. Oh, really? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> I, I told them it was the shirt that she chose to put on me. Right, right. Yeah. So let's dive in, man. You want? You got something on your mind? You want to talk about uh, what we went through this week? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd love to talk about it. We uh, we're here in Baltimore. This is uh, Sunday. It's our uh, last day of the week. Ghetto city, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to Norma Jeans, the the safest and the cleanest strip clubs of all the clinical possible hypodermic needle AIDS ridden strip clubs in the area. <laughs> Norma Jeans is the best bet. Uh, that and the Hustler Club, but you know that's real. That's some bougie white shit. So, well, yeah, Norma Jeans was Norma Jeans was an experience for me. But I'm uh, and we did uh, debate on the uh, right. What the actual posterior size was supposed to be? Yeah, and and you know it it was fun for me to watch you in that environment because you know anybody that's this in the strip club strip club world, 
you know, there's a difference between the, the white ones and the black ones. And it's always funny to me that when you go to the white ones, all the black girls that dance, they have no ass, which I think is a requirement. Because when you go to the black shit, you have to have ass. I mean, it, 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 you, you, you might see a couple in there, girls whose G-strings are sagging. But for the most part, you know, but my girls is built like mules, man. My definition of what ass is and what your definition of what ass is are two different things, though. Yeah, it's the black and white shit. No, but it's not just I, there was. I mean, the ass that I, the, the girls that I was like, that's a great ass, and that was they they had ass. You're gonna deny that they had ass? No, they had ass, but it it was it was it was what white men like is ass for a black woman. What white men like is ass for a white woman is different from what white white men like is ass for black women. It, it's it's meaning that the black woman's ass can be a little bit bigger than the white woman's, uh, but it can't be gargantuan. And and hood niggas niggas like gargantuan. <laughs> I don't like that cellulite look. You know, when it gets to that zone, you ain't thick, you fat. There's a difference. But a big ass is is wonderful. That's that's our DNA, man. Dude, I just like the shelf, just a little shelf. You you wanted a you wanted a, like a nightstand. I just wanted yes. a little shelf. Yeah. Yes. That's if I can different. put if I can put my PlayStation on it, <laughs> it's official. But Norma Jean's was great. It was a it was a great hangout, and I'm glad she took me there. Uh, yeah. And, a, and white white strippers white strippers. And see, that's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I like strip clubs. Period. But uh, you know, I'm a nigga. I mean, so I like the nigga shit. Even though sometimes the holes in the walls can be a little, a little sketchy. So you know, I like to bounce back and forth. But you know, L- the funny thing is, L.A. does not have any strip clubs, no good ones, at all. Yeah, I heard that. They, nice. they got two ghetto strip clubs, and you got to drive way in the hood to get there, and they're okay. So when you come to a place where you can see this kind of booty, like in a city like New York, Detroit, uh, Chicago, Baltimore, D.C. You got to take advantage of it because I don't get to see it like that. So uh, it, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. You know, it's a beautiful thing. You know, uh, my favorite thing, though, that I saw in the strip club, uh, this is going to sound weird at first, so stick with me. No, it ain't. Not to me. It was a dude at the strip club that was my favorite thing. So far, so normal. So, so normal. The dude, okay, black dudes play the game a whole different way. Yeah. And this dude was uh, sitting at the bar. And then he had a stripper talking to him at the bar. Facing the stripper? Facing the stripper. Right. That was in the, in, to, to kind of set this, uh, Norma Jean's has a, a, a circular bar, and the, and the stripper pole and the stage right. is in the middle of the bar. So he's talking to this one stripper face-to-face, just having a real intimate chat with her. But there was two girls who were on the floor. On outside, their backs. On their backs outside of the, the bar. Right. Uh, dancing for him, even though he wasn't looking at him, but he had his hand out, and he was just had a stack of of ones, just right. like maybe a hundred dollars in ones, and he was just dropping ones, one um, after the other, one after the other, not even looking at him, not even right. looking at him. That's so he's facing the girl at the bar who he likes, yeah, and then the other two strippers are on their backs like upside down roaches, yeah, and without looking at him, he's just dropping dollars on their stomachs, dropping dollars, just dropping them, yeah, well, not even paying attention to him. That was the that was the biggest player pimp move I've seen ever. Welcome, in my, welcome to nigger life. Because I'm going to tell you, I can't drop dollars like that. One, I'm not dropping dollars <laughs> like that. Period. Two, I want some credit for my dollars. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not just throwing them down. For is that fun. the is that the Jew in you? I just I need I need some return on my investment. I need to see something. There's a little ROI that I need. Got you, got you. Yeah, man, it's a spectacle, man. Sometimes you just go for the show. You know, it's like white girls in strip clubs. White strippers, they're all about hair, flipping that hair back, baby, working that hair, making it snap left, right, up and down. They, that's their trick. Black women is all about the ass. 
Black women, black women hair don't move like white women hair. No, they were just so they all it. about that ass. Baby. Shaking, and, and and Norma Jean's too, um, where the the stage is and in in, in behind that bar, the girls were going past the stripper pole, climbing up to the ceiling. Yeah, shaking on top of the ceiling, and I was like, that has to be some kind of violation in <laughs> in, in 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 the codes. You can't. I was thinking someone was going to get hurt. Right. That was that was my. You were a concerned I, parent. I was yeah. Yeah, they, 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 you know, I hang out at these strip clubs every once in a while, and it just makes me go, God, I got to go home and hug my daughter. I just got to tell her I love her, look her in the eyes, and just let her know that I'm there. Because uh, I just, oh, goodness, some of them girls, man. Woo! And the other thing that was funny to me, too, is uh, where I'm staying, I'm staying in a little different place than you were. I'm staying closer to right where the club is. And uh, The Wire was on HBO this whole weekend. Right. I was afraid. Oh, yeah. I was afraid to leave my hotel for a minute. I was. I was like, I didn't think I was going to survive. If I Baltimore, left. yeah, that takes place in Baltimore. That's right. Yeah. Holy shit, that's hilarious. Yeah, I watched it. I watched about ten episodes this weekend. It was on all weekend. Uh, I know. I know. Since you mentioned it, you ever watched The Wire? Yeah. What'd you think of it? I liked The Wire. I never when it was on when it was in its run. I I wasn't into it. Right. And now that it's you know you can see it, it it i think it's one of the greatest shows hbo's ever produced i always said uh but i kind of lo- it lost steam for me once idris elba and wood harris left um my favorite show of all time on hbo ever sopranos sex in the city uh i always thought that game of thrones was overrated i just don't get it i'm not a game of thrones yeah, person. i, I don't get it boardwalk empire i like boardwalk empire but it didn't hold me <sighs> you know again if you're gonna do a period piece um, and that's an area of an era of gangsters, and I like all that shit. But it just for some reason, man, that show just didn't. I don't know if it was Steve Buscemi, like he didn't capture me like James Gandolfini, even though he was great when he was on The Sopranos, uh, Buscemi. But uh, yeah, man, The Wire was a cool show, but it just lost steam for me after a while. Okay, but you also said Sex in the City. Yes. You've told me this before, and that's the one that I. Now we didn't discuss this last week. Did no, we? we didn't discuss it okay. on the podcast, but we've we've yeah. discussed it. That still throws me. Oh, like, dude. That you're the Sex and the City fan. Dude, let me. I, I have the pink velvet. Uh, I don't know if it's suede or velvet. I think it's velvet. Pink velvet uh, entire DVD series. Them hoes get down, man. Samantha, uh, Charlotte, um, Carrie, and uh, uh, what's my girl's name? Miranda. They get that. The writing is great. For comedy, this writing is fucking superb. And you know what? It's the quickest half hour of television you'll ever see. If you ever have a plane ride five hours across the country, it goes by like it's nothing. Those half hours are quick, funny, witty, and great. And and I'm gonna tell you, the 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 the, the, the romance stories between Steve and Miranda. And Samantha and her boyfriend, oh, my God. When when Steve finally says to Miranda in the laundry room and she admits she loves him and he goes, Miranda, you're the one. Dude, I tear up, man. <laughs> I just, I, I and never. Big was a pimp. Big was a pimp, baby. I, I just never got there. I never got there for it. I mean, I, I, I can see what you say about the writing, but it just, it didn't hold me. Oh, dude, I, you, you got to give it a second chance, man. That's good television. And I actually, I forget, uh, I had done Conan half a dozen times. And one of the times I did it, Sarah Jessica Parker was actually the main guest. And I did everything to try to keep my composure when I told her how much I loved the show and how much I thought of her. And one time I flew on a flight uh, and the girl that played uh, Charlotte 
was on the plane. I didn't say anything to her, but and she's got awesome legs, by the way, and heels. Oh, that broad is Christine Davis, beast, beast. <laughs> Love it, baby. Love it. Well, what's Sarah J- Jessica Parker look like in real life, though? Come on, There's, they make a lot of jokes about her about her face. Uh, listen, I, she she pretty woman. She's a pretty woman, and uh, you know she was dolled up when she came to do the show. So, you know, but we all know. Listen, man, what women look like in real life versus that pancake, it was, it was two different things. We know that. All right, all right. I'll let you go on that one because uh, I just I, don't know, I just don't get it. So, just so I'm clear for the record, you 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 did you you do dig Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore's great. Um, People-wise, uh, the city-wise, and then the club. I love the. I love doing comedy in a place that you know challenges me at the same yeah. time, and, and and they do. It, it, it's the 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 vibe of this city makes you bring it. You can't yeah. you can't come in halfway. Thursday night, I'll be honest, I wasn't a hundred percent. I wasn't hundred percent for whatever reason. I don't know why, and I came in a little soft. Mm-hmm. Um, That's probably because the week prior to that. Uh, we were in Frisco, and that made you soft. Yeah, well, they're soft. I mean, it's just a yeah. whole different idea of what you're supposed to say Dude, and do. I, I, I told you that there's a certain part of the country. I won't say L.A., but Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, that that side of the country, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's almost like that ridiculously over-the-top, hippie, liberal, incense lighting banjo bare feet sitting indian style playing in the park uh grassroots love where you say anything controversial or edgy you know you get the awes oh and we as comics fucking hate that man the fuck up this is why i say again i i, I maybe i'm biased because i'm from the east coast but it's what i love about east coast man philly dc baltimore as they say new york there's just a jersey. There's just a vibe where there's more of a I don't give a shit, go for it kind of flavor you get with a crowd. Whereas over there, it's just soft, man. Yeah, here though, it, there, there is, there's still like the whole country has a little softness. But here, I feel it, it's at least is you can say whatever you want, but bring it. It better be funny. If it's funny, yeah, we're gonna yeah, go yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it's even if it's funny, it's oh, uh, it's funny, but oh, oh, uh, yeah, we can't, yeah, we can't, we, yeah, it's some soft shit, man. Yeah, they're like they're defenseless. Like uh, it's their kryptonite. They can't. Right, uh, right. They don't want to be mean. Yeah, at all. And, yeah. and and the funny is in is in the irony of what we're talking about. It's not. They have to. You have to. The joke. The surface of the joke isn't always where the funny is and where, where yeah. the meaning of the joke is. I guess that's a better way. The meaning and and the lesson in the joke isn't always on the surface. You got to listen to the joke. Yeah. And they can't hear it because they're already sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, these dudes. Yeah, man, I'm glad we finally got out of there because we were on that run where it was literally like Seattle, Washington, Bellevue, Washington, Bellevue, fucking San Fran. And I was like, dude, we do one more soft place. I'm a, you know what I mean? I'm turning to one of these motherfuckers, man. We got to get somewhere hard, man. That soft shit is too much. I'm going to start performing in sandals, nigga. That ain't my style, man. No, not at all. These people, uh, these people out here, though, just a different attitude. And I loved it. I loved every bit about it. Yeah, yeah, and I and I and I'm thinking, uh, do we have any more places on the East Coast back to back? Shit, I don't think so. Unfortunately, no. No, because now I'm in Vegas in two weeks, and then I'm over there, over there in Canada. Oh, Canada! <laughs> Toronto's pretty cool, though. I've never been. I've never Drake been to Toronto. I, but I heard they're soft though too in Canada. Nah, Canada, get, Canada gets gangster. At least Winnipeg. 
I had a beer thrown at me in Winnipeg. A girl tried to throw a chug of beer at me, miss me. And I had another bitch try to get up on stage and fight me. They get gangster in Winnipeg. Some places that you don't expect. Like, you, you'd expect Detroit, Chicago, New York, Philly, maybe L.A. a little bit, certain parts. Yo, it's beating small cities that got something to prove. What do you do when, it, okay, if it's a dude who came at you, I could see, you know, that's one thing. But when a chick comes at you, what do you do? Shit, I mean, you know, what, what can you do? Thankfully, the security grabs the bitch up quick. You know what I mean? Last thing I'm going to do is put my hands on a female. You know what I mean? A black man hitting a white woman? Fuck that. And I know it's 2017, <laughs> but 1968 logic still applies. Uh, yeah, that's more than taking a knee. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I just let her act batshit crazy and have the security come get her ass. Where's all them black ghetto bitches when I need them? Like the bitch who threw the ketchup at me, when the white bitch come up on stage to hit me, bitch, where are you? Where's Lucretia, Takesha, Manisha, all the Ishas? Wear their hair with that slick gel down to your shiny shit on the sideburns. I need them bitches. Just take her out right on the side. Take her the fuck right out. out. How many times do you do black rooms, man? I've done... Um I've done some shows that were urban esque in Phoenix. Yeah. You know, that they were, you know, black Mexican rooms. Right. Uh, uh, one nighters. Never a whole weekend like what I'm doing this right. weekend. So, what do you think? I, dude, I, love the, I love the room. Yeah. And I know sometimes after I get done in a room like that, yeah. some of the people like looked at me like, oh, like you did okay. Like, but it yeah, wasn't, yeah. you didn't crush, you didn't kill it. You know, like almost right. like they. I love the I love the diverse the divisive ah, I can't even say the word right how the room gets divided just by right. me and I, you know like Patrice says you're not supposed to no everyone's supposed to love you you're not doing yeah. the job of everybody yeah. loves you and uh, but it makes me work hard and it makes me really appreciate comedy in a different way because yeah. I feel like I'm actually being a comic when I'm doing that room I'm not just saying yeah. things that people want to hear yeah no I, I've always said that uh you know I think black rooms uh, really like to. The, dun- the the dungeons and the you know the what's that what's that boxing gym in Detroit the famous boxing gym that Emmanuel Stewart and uh, Tommy Hearns trained out of I get the name escapes me but it's like one of those gritty gyms where you that's where you get that's where you get better is in the training process you know of course you know the actual fight uh, but where you where you where you win the actual fight is in the gym. And and you know black crowds at the gym, man. They 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 make you. You got to work. You got to step your game up. You got to work, man. Yeah, and a lot of people say, well, you. Uh, and I've heard people say this before. Well, they laugh at dirty stuff. Or they laugh at this kind of. And, and it's true. Yeah, you can go hacky if you want to, and you can probably get. I could I could do a lot of different things to get the room, but right. to stay to to stay true to yourself and do your comedy and get that room. Right. That's the win. That's when you're. That's when yeah, you're doing yeah, the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's why I'm against uh, guys that teach comedy classes, man. You know, if there's any young comics out there and, and you think that you can learn comedy or you, you want to go to a comedy class or you don't, it is a waste of money. You are either born with this shit or you are not. You cannot teach this. It is a talent that you are just blessed with. Are there certain little hints you can pick up? Yeah, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the main ingredient, it, it, it ain't going to work. Um, and that's why I, I, it pisses me off when there are comedy club owners uh, who try to teach comedy classes, man. Well, you know what? Uh, I know uh, 
a particular club that teaches um, comedy class, like a 101 class. And when I talked to the person, they said, hey, it's really more of a public speaking class. It's for people to get over a fear and public speak, more so than teaching comedy, because they, they realize they can't teach someone to be funny. The only thing I've ever seen sitting in a comedy class is they said, move the mic from in front, move the mic stand from in front of you to behind you so it's not interfering with you. I could have told someone that after they're doing comedy, but, but even if you kept the mic stand in front of you, you still what? What the fuck does that? I don't know. It, it mean it, it, it's something convenient so that it's not in your way. But like Norm McDonald doesn't even take the mic out of the mic stand; he leaves it in front of him right. the whole yeah, time. Listen, when, when a, listen, the only rule to, to comedy is just be funny. You know, that's the only rule. Like I, I've heard comedy club, and just because you own a comedy club or you run a comedy club doesn't mean you know comedy. Jerry Jones, just because he owns the Cowboys, don't mean he knows shit about football. You know, you got to put this uniform on. You got to get out on that field. You got to get out on that court. And you got to you got to play the game. If you've never put in the blood, sweat and tears to do this, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, just because you just because you run it, just because you watch it. That's different from being able to do it. And, you know, when you got comedy club owners that are telling comedians, you know, they, they they'll tell female comedians, you know, you should dress like this or you shouldn't wear that or you shouldn't say this or you shouldn't say that your wardrobe does not make your material unless you specifically got a certain look or a gimmick that you're going for and say whatever the fuck you want as long as it's funny that is the only rule there are things that you learn doing this from real life experience that you can't teach in a class no but and the other thing is too the what you kind of said right there is nothing is going to substitute stage time you got to get up on stage you got to fail and succeed and fail and succeed and there's nothing's going to replace that and you can't stay in your city you can't stay where you're comfortable you got to get out and hear your voice in other other places right because other people other cities there's a different vibe in every place that you go to right and uh you're teaching me and you really have opened up a door for me because you have been supportive of letting me fail You, you you you've never told me I, like if you don't kill this, you're off the. You're, we're nah, off the show. Man, who the fuck am I to say some shit like well, that? Well, but I mean, there are people who want people just to go out there and do the easy jokes and win, and then set the room up nicely for the right. for the headliner. And you've never done that to me. You just let me go out and do my, my knowing that I'm going to get beat up sometimes. And listen, you do this shit long enough, you see everything. I've had. Uh, dudes wanting to fight me after the show. I had a ketchup bottle thrown in my face. And I, that would be interesting if in the class they prepared you for that. <laughs> like they used to prepare the Freedom Riders. And shake them and go, nigga! And make them prepare for what this this journey is going is gonna to be. That would be hilarious to have somebody learn in class and unbeknownst to them, motherfucker! And get hit in the face with a ketchup bottle. Like that scene in Dodgeball where the guy goes, if you can... If you, if you can Avoid a wrench, you can avoid a ball, and they're throwing right. the, the throwing, yeah, they're throwing wrenches yeah, at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, it's it, I get there's been times I've been nervous after a show yeah. on the road with you, and, and not so much here. Here, it's actually been very. Uh, I think people get on my page even if they didn't like it so much. They got on my page right. by the end of the show, but we've been in other cities where I've seen some people get irritated with me. Yeah, listen, man, it's like you can't you can't be you can't go to a class and learn what it's like. To have to deal with a heckler, to deal with a drunk, to deal with the vibe of the room where it's like the, the wait staff is dropping checks, which I always hate because it causes a, a certain amount of disruption where for that brief moment in time, a certain amount of the audience, they're not paying attention to you. They're putting their heads down, dealing with their checks and dealing with their bills. So the rhythm of what you're doing gets disrupted and you can't let any of that distract you while you still keep 
within your rhythm of what you're doing. So it's like you, all of that stuff you only learn through firsthand experience, which is why, again, for the mere fact that you can't teach comedy, it's something you're born with, and the fact that you can't learn those things in a room by somebody telling you, but rather than do it by 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 hand-on experience, it's a waste of fucking time. It's a waste of money, and club managers don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So you don't think, though, if you're not born with it, you don't think that you, if you, if you had a desire to do it, could get up on stage and just continue to go up and eventually kind of find your way into it? But you'll never be as good as you as, as the person who is who is innately born with it. You know, I'm, I, I wish I could fucking blow like Jamie Foxx. That motherfucker can sing. I can sing. I can t- I can sing a little bit. I can take some lessons, but ultimately, at your core, if you don't have that gift, which is why I believe they call it a gift, because not everybody has it. If you don't have that gift, dog, all the all the little tidbits of training here and there. Okay, you might be decent, but what you striving for? Decency or to be the best? And the guys that are the best, it's a gift. Yeah, and Richard you, wasn't taught this. Carlin wasn't taught this. Murphy wasn't taught this. Rock, Chappelle, uh, Patrice, fucking, you know, Joan Rivers and Cosby and Don Rickles. They weren't taught this. They were born with this shit. Show me a motherfucker who's bananas in the comedy game who went to class. I, I know there's some guys that say that they've taken a class, but I, I, don't, I don't know any... The guy, when you say you know some guys, like I've heard, I, you know, when you read about some, but people, you don't know some guys like you actually know this motherfucker. No, no. Oh, okay. But I, I know that I've read some bios on some guys that are, you know, headliners, and they've taken. Who, who, you know names? No, I can't remember anybody's name. The fact you can't remember says it all. Well, I, I, I if I'm not saying that. It's not because they're good. Maybe I just didn't put that as a priority of who they were. Because all, all the guys who you've never met that you know who they are. Why do you know who they are? Greatness is great. Yeah, greatness brings people to you. Yeah, you know what? On the last podcast, I want to say this though, only because we were doing a, and this isn't a big deal. I don't know why I even feel like I have to get this. And if the person I'm saying this about even hears it, would be annoyed that I'm saying this. Right. But I put my, I put my uh, top four. My uh, what do we call it? Mount them? Rushmore. My, my, my Mount Rushmore. And I put, and I, I, should, I feel bad even saying this now. I shouldn't even brought this up. Louis C.K. I put in there, and I put him in there just because he's a, a solid name, but it's not. My, my, my other guy has to go in there is Dave Attell. And when you're talking about people right. who just do comedy, yeah. and it's just innate. Dave, Dave Attell's a legit dude, Dude, man. That, that guy couldn't do anything else. Yeah, that guy is a legit dude, man. And so that was what made me think about him. So, so I'm excited because uh, the NBA season's coming up. NBA 2K18 is coming up. And everybody who plays 2K, stop using the fucking Warriors and the Cavs so fucking much. Pick other fucking teams. Yo, did you? I, I, I just saw the day. I don't know how true it is. I just saw the day where the Cleveland Cavaliers might be trying to sign DeMarcus Cousins to the Cavs. It's like the motherfuckers is preparing for war with North Korea. I mean, the Warriors. They get him, man. Yeah, that's, that's that's a legit big man who can play in the post. You still got LeBron, Isaiah Thomas. I won't call, I won't go as far as to say he's a busted uh, Derrick Rose, but we know he's injury prone. But still, you got Derrick Rose, Kevin Love. It's gonna be hot. No, but, it's, it's gonna be a hot season. But if you get to Marcus Cousins, you put some, you get some attitude. You get some toughness to the team that is yeah. missing. It's always been missing. Yeah. Not that LeBron isn't tough, but he's not he, tough. Yeah. He's just he's, he's 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 tough from a physical standpoint, physically in terms of his body and you know being able to get to the hole and take hits. But uh, it, I don't know. Sometimes you feel like when you watch him play, he's 
Soft as wet tissue paper, man. Dude, it's that Jordan toughness that everybody misses, man. That 80s era that everybody's missing. You know, back in them days, you get two-pieced for just, you know, looking at somebody wrong. Now this shit is so sensitive. Um, it's unfucking real, man. I can't wait. I think I just think it's going to be a hell of a season. And, you know, I, I wanted, this is something that's very near and dear to me and I'm passionate about. Because, you know, I, I grew up in that, in that Jordan era. Like, when, when people have this debate about LeBron being better than Michael or Kobe being better than Michael, most times this is coming from kids that only watch LeBron and Michael. You know, I'm 42. I've seen LeBron, Kobe, and Michael. So believe me when I tell you my opinion is correct because I, I I, I, I've seen the difference. Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever play the game. Ever. Ever. And anybody that says otherwise is fucking insane. But you don't see it. It doesn't translate. When you watch the clips, you don't understand what That's he That's crazy did. to you me how, to, how, you, how you can't get that because, from watching it. Because that. you don't understand when you went to the hole in the 80s, which we're talking about, he made it look like you just walked through the hole because it was Jordan. But you don't see how beat up everybody's getting at that time. Right now, you couldn't. These people would be nothing but fouls being called on everything. That Absolutely, went through. Absolutely, the Pistons, the Bad Boys, that era. Like if, you, like if you could, almost like in a fantasy world, put it together. I, I would love to see the Warriors take on the uh, the Bad Boys, the Piston Bad Boys. I don't think they could have beat any of those teams. I don't think they could have beat the Bad Boys, the Showtime Lakers with. Kareem and Magic, the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq, the 98, 72, and 10 Bulls. I don't think they could have beat any of them teams. The Celtics with that front front line no of Parrish, McHale, and Bird, that toughness. I think the Golden State Warriors, I know, I know they beat the 72 and 10 record, but they didn't get the ring. I think they're the most overrated team in the league. They put together a juggernaut. But I, I, I just even still, with the way the NBA was played back then, the greediness, the toughness, I don't think they could have beat any of them teams. And don't forget, Jordan played two ways. He was he was the offensive player, and he was always he was ranked best defensive player. Right. One defensive player of the year a couple times. Right. It's a different. It's a whole different game. It's yeah, a whole yeah, different. Steph game. Curry doesn't do what he's doing now in the in the Pistons era. Bill Lambert and Rick Mahorn slapped the shit out you. No, they wouldn't allow it. He would come off the bench. He'd be the sixth man. He'd come in for a little offense, and he'd go sit back down. And, and listen, let, let's, let's get this argument straight. Yes, rings count. Absolutely rings count because people go, well, you know, it ain't all about the rings. No, it isn't. But rings definitely is a major factor. And the last time I checked, three doesn't beat six. So until LeBron gets more than six rings, you can end that argument right there. I don't give a fuck how many times he's been in the finals. Has he been in the finals more times than Mike? Absolutely. But what's Mike's record? 6-0, and undefeated. LeBron ain't 6-0. and And when people make that dumbass argument to me, well, if it's based on rings, Robert Ory should be the greatest player. He had seven. Listen, there's a, there's a difference between being the reason you win and winning for a reason. Michael Jordan was the reason the Bulls won. Not to discredit Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, Dennis Rodman, Tony Kukoc. It's a team game. You need your teammates to, to ultimately to do it all. But let's not lie to ourselves. Michael Jordan was the reason the Bulls won. Robert Ory won for a reason. He played along with franchise motherfuckers. Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan. He he won for a reason. Michael was the reason. So miss me with that dumbass argument. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you on everything you said, except I'm going to give this to Scottie Pippen. 
Jordan didn't win any without Scotty either. And and Scotty to me And vice versa. He's he's an underrated player because he played next but, to but Jordan. But when you say that, and I'm not again, I would never diminish Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best all around players ever. But yes, Michael didn't win without Scotty. Uh, and Scotty didn't win without Mike. Right. But but when Scotty did win, who was with him? Right. Because Scotty had an opportunity in Portland one year, and that fell apart. But it was also because they, they choked the on team. the Portland shit. Yeah. But 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 I also know that Scotty did get cheated on one of the most infamous fucked up calls that year that Michael played ba- uh, baseball, and Scotty led the team when he dunked over Patrick Ewing that famous dunk, and then pushed him to the ground, nuts all in his face, walked <laughs> past Spike Lee, said, "Sit your ass down." That bullshit foul call, I think it was on Hubert Davis. He was shooting a three. Scotty never touched that man. And that ref made that call, which ultimately ended that series. Scotty possibly could have took them to the finals. Would they have beaten the the Rockets? Hell no. Not without Mike. They wouldn't have stood a chance. But, yo, he almost took them to the finals if it wasn't for that bullshit call. Yeah, Scotty's like one of my heroes in basketball. All, one of my all-time favorite players. Yeah, I love that arrow nose motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like one of those, like the top faces on a totem pole. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he looks like the Crash Bandicoot mask. <laughs> yeah, man, this NBA season is going to be fucking fire, man. Uh, you know, and until it comes out, uh, the, the new 2K18, I'm stuck on that Madden. And it's a goddamn shame Kaepernick is not on a team because I'd love to have him in the game. It's crazy. He can't get a, he can't get a job. But but why can't he get a job? What's your what's your reasoning? Why? We know why he can't get a job. But oh, but is it is it the owners? Is it the is the it owners? The, I believe it, it's the it, owners. Is it the sponsorship deals? Will, that might be it too. How much money is he asking for to be a backup? I don't know, but it shouldn't even be about the money. You know, it's it, it's he's got talent. But but listen, we know that the sponsorship and the and the uh, and the and the managers. It's racial. This whole thing is racial. You know, the, the fact that, that I, I think with the whole, I would love to see it. Like even Aaron Rodgers kind of stuck up for him a little bit. You know, I would love to see the entire league, like since there's power and numbers, have every single team, even down to the coaches. Let's all take one big fucking knee because this is unreal. The the, the the clip that was that I just saw on Twitter that went viral. Did you see this where the, the, the I believe it's Cobb County? The cop in Cobb County pulls over a white lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. And he literally tells her, you got nothing to fear. He goes, yeah, we shoot black people. And it's like, motherfuckers, this is why Colin is taking this knee. And the importance of this is crazy. And what's confusing to me is Jim Brown has been saying how wrong Colin is for doing this. Now, here's a guy who in 1967 or in the 60s, I don't know exactly what year, but as as, uh, Shannon Sharp said, you know, he said, if you're saying what Colin did is wrong, then you standing in that famous picture with Ali, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that black and white famous shot. Yeah. You're just as wrong then. Like, why, like why are you all of a sudden going from this guy who, do, who did exactly what Colin is doing to a guy who's, you know, all of a sudden saying it's wrong? And it's, it's like, motherfucker, first of all, we're going to really listen to a man who threw a bitch off a balcony. But that aside... Jim Brown was a revolutionary, and he stood for what he stood for. So in my, in my estimation, I just thought to myself, you know what? Here's the reality. Jim Brown is old. He's close to meeting God. And if God is white, Jim Brown is just trying to get some insurance. Now, you know, here's, here's my take on what Jim Brown's thinking, and this is just mine. Um, I think that he looks at the flag as, as a uniter, and, that was, and, and to take a knee on the flag is actually – 
anti-American. And I understand what Colin Kaepernick's idea of this is, too, is that, that you, no one's standing up for black folks, and we that taking that knee is in protest to what's happening that no one's doing anything about. I, I get both of them, but on a large scale, when you show a picture of someone taking a knee to the American flag, it seems almost anti-American, and that's what where Jim Brown was at. But but that's my that that's just my opinion. I don't know uh, if that's really how Jim Brown feels. I've just heard little clips and things that he said, and I, and, I, and it makes sense in the marketing strategy because you don't want to, for Colin Kaepernick. The marketing's bad. Sometimes the marketing's bad. Here, here here's mar- bad marketing, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion again. Black Lives Matter. I understand Black Lives Matter. I'm all for what they're up, what they're up to. I, it is important. But when you go Black Lives Matter, and then you get some white dude who's just an old white dude who doesn't understand, and he just goes, oh, don't all lives matter? And, and instead of explaining it, they're being yelled at. You don't get it. You don't understand. We have some bad marketing. There is a difference between black folks and white folks in the understanding, and that's where some of this is getting lost, and that's where I think Colin Kaepernick loses a job. I don't want him to lose a job. He's a great quarterback. But is he a great, great quarterback? Is he a starting quarterback? Well, there are guys in the league who have less talent than Colin Kaepernick who are working. Yeah, but what? How much is he? I, listen, this again. This, I, I think to I think to try to sugarcoat this as anything other than what it really is is doing a disservice to the cause. We know what this is. Period. But if you're a team and there's going to be this. You want to win a championship or you want to win games, and there's this disruption in the locker room. Is it worth it? I think it is worth it. I think that I think someone needs to stand up and say, I want Colin Kaepernick on this team. He can help the team win. But 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 even when he was employed, what distraction did it really cause? None. Exactly. I don't, I don't know where this – I don't know how this blew up in a different way. But I told you last week when I talked about the media, and you go, the media, it isn't the media. It is all the media. Media is just trying to sell tickets to their show. Again, I, I know the media can play a certain role in things, but the media's role doesn't exist unless at the root of the the issue, the problem itself exists. The problem is there. Okay, what role the media plays in it, I guess that's where we can make it the argument. But at the end of the day, the media couldn't be there if there wasn't a problem to begin with. So the problem is there. So we have to address the problem but the problem is the sponsorship is is the is the money it's, it comes down to the money of the of the nfl but again before we start trying to erase things or before we try to say hey let's let's not hire colin campbell again until you can prove to me that there is an actual distraction that that is getting in the way of money uh let's not take a man out of a position to feed his family i, I actually i don't think it's going to affect the nfl one bit i just think that the nfl is worried it is and I think some leadership from like Roger Goodell and uh, people in the upper management of the NFL should actually take a stand. Well, like I said, unless unless more players, black and white, decide to take a stand together, you know, I don't I don't see this this changing for college. But I think you know there's power in numbers. So if 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 collectively, a, you know, a great deal of the players and like I said, even down to the coaching staff, they all take a knee. Uh, it might seem kind of mushy. And corny to some degree, but I, I think that would make a hell of a statement. I think by the end of the season, you're going to see that. I really do. I think by the end of this season, if he isn't, if he doesn't have a contract somewhere, and maybe even if he does have a contract somewhere, I think you're going to see that. Well, I would love to see just 
the new Madden game, it'd be great if they just had Colin in the game taking a knee. That's what I was. What, what, but what if everybody just took a knee on the on that game too? Yeah, that'd be the coolest shit ever. Uh, yeah, I hope he does. I hope he does find out what's going to work for him because. Uh, but the other thing about Colin Kaepernick, though, I think he's okay if he doesn't because I think it leads to his cause and he can continue to do more work. I'm not. I'm not speaking for him. I'm just saying he seems content with his decision and he's okay with whatever comes next. He's going to make that work for him. Uh, I hope so. Uh, I hope so. Um, because I think it'll set a bad precedent if uh, all of a sudden people are being penalized for standing up for their beliefs. Standing up for their beliefs. Dude, so you're back on Twitter. I was noticing that you have a lot of uh, you're tweeting again. Yeah. Um, and I want. I was hoping that people go to your uh, Twitter page anyway and yeah. start tweeting to you about our uh, podcast. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been consumed, man, with uh, something, and that's the thing why I had, Twitter is so addictive because it's almost like a fast food news. You know, you know, most of it is bullshit, but you know, you run across some things that pique your interest. Uh, and I read some shit that just totally blew me away. Speaking about basketball. That Alonzo, that Alonzo Ball kid recently yeah. made a comment where he said, Nas is irrelevant. Nobody listens to Nas. Future and Migos is hip-hop. And it's like this dude was three when Illmatic came out. But to diss Nas, and, and, and this is where I'm going to put my, oh, shit, here go my old band shit. But again, the youth, I think, I think as a general rule, every now and then, just without warning, we should slap the shit out the youth. <laughs> Uh, not for what they did, but for we, what we know they'll eventually do. Because, you know, we, you, when you're young, you, you, you do dumb shit. You say dumb shit. Nasir Jones is one of the iconic gods in the rap game. And, and you know, I, it's almost like I, 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 got a, I got a civil war going on with hip-hop from my era versus this bullshit today. Because these young kids, like, they, they somehow think that us, as they call us, old heads, are hating on them because it's an age thing. It ain't an age thing. It's a quality thing. You know what I'm saying? Rap is a franchise. Y'all niggas is embarrassing the league. <laughs> you got to step your game up. You know, what happened to lyricism? This thing that they call mumble rap now, and let me let me be specific. I'm talking about 21 Savage, you know, Uzi, Lil Uzi, Yachty, uh, Kodak Black, and to some degree, yeah, Future, Migos, which, and it's ironic to me that dude would say future is the future of something that he'll eventually be the past of. You know, this fucking stop it with this shit. I don't know if you know who Lil Uzi Vert is. Yeah, I do. But it's like this dude got a song. I was listening to it the other day, driving home from the airport on XM. He got a song where basically the chorus was, all my friends are dead, all my friends are dead, all my friends are dead. Now, the song is 10% lyrics. I think he spits like four bars, which you can't understand. Then the rest of the track is all lyrics. And I think even when he's singing the hook, it's with auto-tune, which to me goes, well, number one, obviously you can't really sing because you use an auto-tune. Two, you only wrote four bars and the rest is all hook. That is the laziest form of creativity and writing I have ever experienced. And it's just like, you know, um, it's not a fucking song. <laughs> y'all are embarrassing the game. I'm not hating on y'all for getting money. 
you know, get your money. That way you can buy all the purses and blouses and high heel shoes and pearl thongs <laughs> you motherfuckers like to wear. Do all that shit. But you got to realize the stock from which this game has produced. Nasir Jones, Jay-Z, Snoop, Ice Cube, T.I., Common, Jadakiss, Eminem, Big Boy, Outkast, Ludacris, Queen Latifah, Salt and Pepper. You know what I mean? MC Light, KRS-One, Biggie, Big L, Big Pun, Fat Joe. Come on, man. Don't forget De La Soul. De La Soul, Jeez. Run DMC. Uh, 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 damn, God damn it. Uh, who else I'm forgetting? You know, th- this, 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 this game got all-stars, Hall of Famers. I think it's his 10-day contract bench players, man. Step up. You don't, you don't like uh, Migos with the uh, bird calls? You don't like the bird calls? Nah, right? man. What is we doing? They have faces to this game. Iconic, legendary faces to this game. And y'all doing a disservice to the game with lazy writing, mumbling, and see-through blouses. You're killing us, man. You're killing us. You know, Prince started that. Yeah, but Prince got pussy. <laughs> it's a difference. Prince could wear a fucking see-through blouse and ass cheeks, chapless jeans, and steal your bitch. Prince is the cool dude. I, I no, saw but it. let me tell you something. And, and, and I've actually read on Twitter where people have tried to compare what Prince's style was in terms of the flamboyancy and the dress code. To some of what these rappers is doing. No. Prince got Apollonia to show her titties at Lake Minnetonka. There's a difference. I saw Purple Rain when I was a lad. And I, to this day, the way them titties popped out that top, shaking, doing a Harlem shake, Lake Minnetonka. I, to this day, I'm looking for Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> I saw Prince at Bar One in L.A. Dude was the coolest dude like I've ever seen. It's like seeing a leprechaun, dude, right? Dude, coolest dude I've ever seen. And yeah, just like, came in, popped in, was in his seat, had people, and I didn't see him. He it, was a mythical creature. It was it, it was pretty impressive. Come on, man. Don't ever compare Prince to these young shenanigans. Prince was a, was a god amongst men. Got all the bitches. Vanity, Sheila E., Apollonia. Look at that nigga's sexual resume. It reeks with semen. <laughs> yeah, I think we should uh, cut out here and we'll play uh, we'll play an old school hip hop song. No, hip-hop fuck song that. Play way. a Prince. Play Prince. You want Prince? I want Prince now. God damn it. All right, we'll play Prince on the way Shit. out. Young niggas, man, off my porch. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>